Good morning. Let us pray. Hallelujah, what a Savior. You are amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. We join in that. You are a great Savior. You are an amazing King. We ask you, Lord, that as we share of your word today, that you speak to us, Lord. Speak to the speaker and the hearer alike, Lord that we would hear you speak to our hearts and direct us in the way that you want us to go. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is it me or I hear an echo? Okay, I'm not going crazy, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was wondering, am I going crazy? <laughs> okay. Um, Today I want to speak to you on a title, Come From Under the Bush. We are going on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, last week Pastor Ryan spoke about the salt, being the salt of the world. And this week we're going to speak about being the light. But I, I want to put it in a way that would help us understand what it means to be the light. And then maybe close it together by putting together the salt and light and see what are the differences in those two that we see and what does it mean to us as believers. Our first scripture is from Matthew. That's our main scripture for the day. Our main scripture for the day is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16. I've, by the way, I've got great readers who are going to read in an amazing way. So, be gracious to McKenna and, um, and Jonah. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Keep the mic. Keep the mic. I don't mean forever. <laughs> But we, we hear Jesus here saying to us, you are the light of the world. And I just thought, why does he use the light as this metaphor? Why, why light? Why not you are the food of the world? Why does he use light? A few things that came to mind is, number one, that the light makes things manifest. The light brings things to, to light. When it's dark in here and we've got the light coming and then we can see each other, we can see everything, we can see all things, it's brought to manifest by light. So he's saying to them, you are the people who bring certain things manifest to the world. That's what he's saying. So we're going to look at it and see what are those things that we are bringing to manifest in the world. For example, if today I was... We, we, most of us don't know John Schrock is here. But to make John Schrock manifest, I would say, John, would you stand up, please, and say hi. Hi. Thank you, John. <laughs> so now everybody who's down here, I'm sorry for you guys, but everybody who's down here knows that John is here. Maybe let's try it for the top. Um, most of you think that Ryan is away today. You think he's on holiday, he's somewhere in the Bahamas. 
<laughs> but Ryan is here today. So I get Ryan to stand up and say hi at the top there. So he's manifest now. Everybody can see him. That's what light does. It brings to manifest what is there already. It, it doesn't bring new things. It brings what is there to manifest. Second thing that the light does, it directs us in which way to walk. This is a beautiful sanctuary in that if it's dark in here and the lights are off, our windows are so amazing, there's so much light here. But if you walk into, for example, the staircase and it's dark, you'll stumble and fall. When you walk into a place where, when you walk into a basement and the lights are off, you'll stumble. You won't know which way to step. If there's obstacles on the floor that you, yeah, you'd fall. So the light comes in to show us the way in which to walk. So he says, you are the light. I am the light. You are the light. We are the light. So he's saying to us, we are to show people the way which they are to walk. It's a big responsibility. And he says, the church is that. It also shows us that Christ has appointed us. Number one, to enlighten and reform the way people see in the world. We are appointed by Christ to enlighten the world. We know all um, those who are interested in history, you'd know about the age of enlightenment. People thought that education is what people needed because there's something missing in life. And people got the education and they were still needing something more. So the enlightenment that he's talking about is the spiritual enlightenment. He says we are the enlightenment to the world. We are bringing that bright light, that Eureka, I found something. If it was a cartoon, you'd have a light bulb coming in, boop. That's what he's saying we are. We are those kind of people who bring that. They're they are stuck in their ignorance, they're stuck in their sin in the world. But he's saying that you and I are the light. We need to bring that enlightenment. And how do we do that? By our doctrine, by our example, by how we walk. There are a few things that he really thinks, when I look at this and I think, wow, the way that I practice my doctrine, the way that I, I live my life as a Christian, my lifestyle as a believer, can either turn people to God or turn them off from God. That's what he's saying in a nutshell. But also he's saying that we direct people, we direct the feet of the people to go in a specific way. And that specific way is directing them to salvation. We are called to direct the world to walk towards salvation. I'm trying by all means to be as slow as possible. I've had people saying to me, would you speak slower today so we can hear you? So I'm trying to be slow. Bear with me. <laughs> So he's saying that you are leading the people in the way to life and salvation. Life eternal, the Zoe kind of life. The Zoe kind of life is the eternal life that we have in us as believers. And it is given to us by God when we are quickened again into life when we receive Jesus. So he's saying that we are those people who are leading people to that life and to the salvation. Christ talks of light as a contrast to darkness. When you are in a dark room and you switch on the light, the darkness flees. 
It's virtually impossible to have the darkness cover the light. So Jesus says we are the light. Jesus calls us that light. This is the reason for the metaphor that he's saying we are the light. Would you look at your neighbor and say I am the light. Amen. Next scripture to look at, I want us to look at the scripture from the Message Bible, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10 to 16. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10 to 16. No, Ephesians chapter 5, 10 to 8 to 16, sorry, it's a different one. Oh, thanks. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain, so no more stumbling around. Get on with it. Hold it there. He says, you groped your way through the murk once. No longer. We've been saved. We've been redeemed. And he says, you walked in those dark ways before. And he says, no longer. And when he says no longer, I like the way he's, he goes on, Eugene puts it. He says no longer, you are out in the open now. You're in the light now. And he says, yes, you walked in darkness before, but this is a change of life. All right, let's go on. With it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Hold it. He says... We are to do, what are we supposed to do? Let's hear the works. What did he say? There are two things that he mentioned there. Three, actually. The good, the right, and the true. He says we are the light to show the good, the right, and the true. Who is the good teacher? I need you to help me today. Who is the good teacher? Who is the, who says, who, who has walked in all righteousness? Jesus. And who says I'm the way, the truth, and the life? Jesus. So he says, come on, this is what we are called to do, to reflect Jesus. Come on, this is what we are called to do, to be Jesus to other people. Let's read on. Time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness, expose these... Hold on. Do not waste your time on mere useless work. He's calling it useless work. The works of the dark that are opposed to those three are useless. And the world runs after those things. The world runs after materialism. It's, part of, it's not part of the three. It's not true wealth. The world runs after some other type of knowledge. It's not the true knowledge of God. So he's saying to us, get on with it. We are called to be at a point where we don't don't waste our time in useless things. All right, let's read on from Expose. Expose these things for the shame they are. It is a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the, de- in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light, so watch your step. Use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. That's what we are called to do as a light. 
watch our step. Remember, we said light makes it easy for us to see where to step. So he says, you as light as well, watch your step. Use your head. Enlighten. Enlightenment comes with using your head. Make the most of every chance you get. It, it, it must be realized that Christ is the main light here. He is the chief light. It's like when you talk of the sun, of our solar system, the sun is the main light to the earth. And there are other lights that go with it. But I want to concentrate on the sun and the moon. The moon has got no, has got no lights of, of its own. Did you know that? The moon has got no light of its own. It lights night, but it doesn't light the, the, the night from its own. It reflects the light that came from the sun. So Jesus is the sun. We are the moon. We reflect the light of Jesus to others. Our, our, what we are called to do, Jesus has said so many times, I am the light of the world. And then he goes on and says, you are the light of the world. Jesus never said, I am the salt of the world. He said, we are the salt of the world. I'm going to go into that later. But at this point, he says, he is the main light. We are just reflectors of his light. We are reflecting who Jesus is. We are called in some scriptures, children of the light. That's what we are called. First Thessalonians 5. Taken off guard by any of this. You are sons of light, daughters of day. Hold it day. We are sons and daughters of light and day. Our works, the things that we do, are not shameful things that are done in the darkness. We are of the light. We walk in the light that we provide to the world. All right, let's go on. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we are creatures of day, let us act like it. Walk out into the daylight somber, dressed up in faith, love, and in the hope of salvation. Three things again that we are told to dress up in. Faith, and love and hope. We are told to dress in this. These are the dressing for the children of God who walk in the light. They walk in faith, they walk in love, they walk in hope of salvation. We are called to be light of the world. We are called to show things and make them visible. The light, when the sun comes out, it shows the beauty and the ugly. It doesn't choose only to show the beauty. It shows both. When the light comes in the room, as I say, that whatever is in the room, whether it's beautiful flowers or... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, let, me, let me rephrase this. Beautiful flowers or ugly sims. <laughs> it, 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 it shows both. It does not choose to just shine on the beautiful and let go of this. So the light that we are exposes both works in the lives of people and in our lives as well. When we say, Jesus, search my heart, he's not searching for the good only. When we say, Holy Spirit, search my heart, which I believe that most of us do, we do that in the beginning of the service. 
when we confess our sin, but I hope we do it as a, as a regular thing, as a spiritual discipline, even at home. Search my heart. Find if there is anything that is not pleasing to you. David says that, and lead me in a way. So in, in, we are saying the, the light that we are will show both the deformities and the good things and the beautiful things that we see. People should be able to experience Jesus by experiencing you and me. As the church, when people get in touch with us, they should be able to get in touch with Jesus. Are people experiencing Jesus by experiencing you? At the drive-thru, when you're not very happy with this McDonald's person who's been serving you, who's been ignoring you, you scream and shout and throw your, co- your toys out of the court? Um, do you respond with grace, realizing, oh, they might be going through something hard? It's, it's good that we say, well, I didn't get good service, but the way we do it matters. So what I'm saying to you is that we are to, re- when, we, when people see us, when people have a relationship with us, when people have contact with us, they should see Jesus. It's not us. It is him. Jesus speaks about that you are the salt, and when he says you are the salt, he says you are the salt of the earth. And then he says you are the light of the world. It was a good question that came out from um, our staff meeting this past um, uh, Tuesday. And the question was, why does Jesus say you are the salt of the world, then he turns says you are the light. You are the salt of the earth, then he turns says you are the light of the world. What's the difference between those two? So I did a little bit of a search to find out. Um, it was bothering me as well, as much as it was bothering some of my colleagues. <laughs> and the whole thing that I found was that usually when you talk of the earth, you're talking of contact, direct contact. Salt cannot work on anything from proxy. It can only work on something with direct contact to it. You can't take your salt shaker and put it next to your meal and say, salt, we get to it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So he's saying that we are to be, have direct contact with the people. And we do. We are not to be closed in a bubble. Believers, our life for Christ is not lived in here. It's lived out there. If you think that leaving it in here is what you need to do and out there you are somebody else, uh, we are not called to have multiple personality disorder of having a Christian in here and a non-Christian in there and then when I'm with somebody else, I'm somebody else. We need to be consistent so that when we touch the world, when we touch the people of the world, they experience Jesus. They can only, some, some of the people that we see out there can only experience Jesus through you and me. We are the Jesus that some people can ever, ever see. How do we represent him? We are ambassadors. When you go to the embassy of South Africa, my favorite country, when I go to the embassy of South Africa, when I walk in there and I walk into the gate, I'm in South African soil. Everything changes, whether it's in New York, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's the one in, um, in DC. As I walk in there, I'm in South Africa. Same thing. When we're in South Africa, 
preparing to come here, my wife, went to, my wife and I went to the embassy to get my visa and Henley's passport sorted out and all that. When we walked in there, she was in American ground. It was in Johannesburg, South Africa, but she was on American ground. Everything else, as you walk in there, everything changes. The language, the way people talk, their accent is no longer like mine. It's now like hers. She feels more at home. Whew, this is it. I've arrived. So what I'm saying is that they reflect what America is to the world. And South, Africa, South African embassy reflects what South Africa is to the Americans when they're here. This is what we are called to do. To reflect what Jesus is. The Bible says, so as he is in heaven, so are we on earth. We need to reflect that. Reflect who Jesus is. So he says, the earth is contact. But well, the light can be done proxy. You can reflect the light on a mirror. You can reflect light on a lot of objects that reflect stuff. Like the sun and the moon example. You can reflect that. And it can still give light. So he says, well, as you contact the people and be contact and be the salt, also remember that you're not just salt because you are the salt, but you are salt because you are reflecting me. Your position as a believer is very much linked to who he is. The, 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 the role that we have to play as believers is very much linked to who Jesus is. Our main occupation as believers. The Bible says, you are the light. Not you will be the light. He says, you are the light. It's not a, a matter of you may be the light. You are the light of the world. As soon as you receive Jesus' life, something happens inside. Your spiritual man comes alive. And you become the light of the world. It's like switching on the lights. When you receive Jesus, switch on the lights, they're on. You become the light of the world. You cannot hide a light. You, well, you can hide a lamp, isn't it? You can put a lamp under a basket and cover it. You can, but we normally don't because we need the light. And he, and, and you can, but you cannot, you can never hide a city that's on a hill. Jesus says, well, we don't light a lamp and put it under the bucket, but we're like a city on a hill. So yes, you can hide the light in small proportions, but with us as the church, we are called to be a city on a hill. You cannot cover a city on a hill. It shines. If there is light there, it just shines. It outshines everything. So we are called not to be hidden. Our life is worthless when it's hidden. Our life as believers, hiding that you're a Christian, makes your Christianity worthless. You don't need to tell people that you're a Christian. They need to see it. It's easy to say I'm a Christian. 90% of South Africa claims to be Christian. But are they? I was talking to the South Africa team the other time when we were doing our training. That yes, we're going to a country where 90% claims, yes, I'm Christian. But are they? 
It's easy to claim it. But the, the real test of the pudding is in the walk. If we call ourselves children of the light, are we walking in the light or are we walking in darkness? As children of light, we are called to walk in the light. Our works should reflect that we are children of the light. We cannot be hid. Jesus said to the disciples in Luke after he spoke about the light, he said, whatever is said in secret is going to be shout, uh, is going to be shout on the top of the roofs. Everybody's going to hear it. Because that's who we are. There is nothing that is hidden from light. When light comes, it exposes everything. We are children of the light. We, our works are exposed to the world. Mark um, McGandy said, the whole world would be Christian if it were not for Christians. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a sad thing to be said by a non-believer leader, but because our works are out there and everybody sees them, that's why they say that. Because some of our works are not the greatest. They're not being the salt. They're not being the light. I know of a story of St. Francis of Assisi. He, he takes some of his students to go into the market. I've shared the story before, I think, with some of you. And he says to them, we're going to go and preach today. And they are all excited and they carry their big Bibles that could chock a donkey like mine. Um, they are all excited and they memorize scripture and everything. The following day, they walk to the market, uh, the market square, and they walk around and they're following St. Francis and they're happy and they're thinking, yes, I'm going to tell them how much of sinners they are. And they walk around and then, they, then he turns and says, well, we're going back. So they go back and all of them are disappointed, like, hey, you said we're going to go and evangelize. And then he said the most famous words that we know that say, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. People have abused that to say that you don't need to use words. But you have to. But he's saying that in your entire life, your life should be the gospel. Your life should be an example. Your life should be the light. Your life should illuminate the way that people should go. Your, light, your life should be the one that shows people where to step. It is your life that is an example. And he says, preach the gospel at all times. It's necessary to use words. He is trying to say to us, whatever we do, all that we do, is spiritual. You're walking, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're talking, all that can be done to the glory of God. And I want us to think about it. Can, are we doing those things to the glory of God and being the light? Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Then comes the question, do we need to do good works to be seen by others? A resounding no. We don't do it so that we can be seen by others. Because next to that, in Matthew 6.1, the next chapter, verse, first verse, he says, be careful of doing your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. He's saying to us, we don't do things to be seen by people, but people see things because we are in the light. 
And when they see things, they should glorify God, not us. I'm going to come to glorifying God with our works. But before I do that, we, we, I need us to realize that we stand and do what we do without, without showing off. We are not showing off. We are not, a, we are not in the show business. We're in the saving business. That's a different thing from a show business. A show business is hypocritical because you play a part that you are not to show, and then you go out and you become sims again. If I was acting, I would be acting as, a, let's say, I'm acting as Ryan. <laughs> I'm trying to think what Ryan usually says. <laughs> and when I walk out of there, I'm not Ryan anymore. I'm somebody else. So we are not there to show our works, but we are there. We are not showing off our works, but we are there for the world to see. The world has to see. We don't need to show them. We don't need to be, say, hey, look what we are doing. People should see and recognize Jesus in what we do. And as well, we are not to be hidden in our own ghettos. Christians love to be hidden in our own ghettos of Christians. I call them ghettos. Because all we do is, oh, my light shines better than Hades. Oh, Hades, my, oh, Hades says, oh, Sims, my light shines better than you. And I'm like, oh, no, Hades, mine shines better than you. And instead of lighting the world, we are comparing each other's lights. We are wasting time. We are called to go out there. He says, go into the world and make disciples. We are not called to come and stay in here and be in a bubble. We are called to go out. The light is not just contained. The city on a hill is open for all to see and to be light to everybody. This reminds me of when I was growing up. When I grew up in a township where we had tower lights, We've got a picture of a tower light that I want to show you. These lights were put in the center of a community. These were tall lights. She is finding it while she's finding it. These were huge tall lights. I mean, we were told as kids, never ever climb the tower light. And these were put in the middle of a township. Each section, each housing addition had a tower light with it. And this tower light would come in at a specific time at six, I remember because that was the time to go home. We, yeah, as kids, we didn't have watches. So we knew when the first light, because they came in one, one after another, the first light came in and you know, ooh, it's six, I better get home or else I'm gonna get into trouble. We're playing outside, now it's time to go in. And the second light comes in. By the time when the whole light is up, it's about a quarter past six, you should be at home. That's, that was our, our game plan, that was our parents' game plan. So we would, you would see that light from a distance. From wherever you were, you could see the light. And there was a time where would, you would see the light and you, you know that your friends maybe are in somebody else's house playing and not realizing the light. I remember times where we would stand as kids, a lot of us, and scream, Tower light! <laughs> to tell everybody else, hey, it's time to get going. And this light would shine the whole area. And this is what, the tower light helped us to realize what time we need to be at home. The tower light helped us to see as we walked that it's not in the darkness. The tower light as well um, was a beacon of hope for the area that there is light outside. There is no thief who can come and break if your house is next to the tower light because they're going to be seen. 
So that's the same thing that we are. We are the tower lights of this community. As you stand as a tower light of this community, do you tell people what time it is? What time it is? The time is that Jesus is coming soon. The signs are up. He's coming. Are we telling time to people that, hey, he's coming? By our works? The tower light did not need to move and go to the other place. It just stood in that place and just shone the light. Show the light where you are. God will honor that. Critical question. Ooh, my time is gone. I don't know why time flies when you're preaching. <laughs> how do we bring glory to God? Or how do we bring our lives to alignment with this goal of God glorifying himself through us? How do we bring our lives into that alignment? How does that work as believers? Three things that I note in scripture, in the scripture that we have been reading. First one is Jesus clearly commands that the goal of our lives is to, is to behave so that God gets glory, number one. But also is to live our lives so that men who see our life see them, that, that which we do and glorify our Father who is in heaven. So these are the two things. Behave in a way that God gets glory. But also live your life in a way that those who see your life give God the glory. Those are the two things that I see there on the first one. The second observation is that in order for, us to get to, for God to get glory from the way we live, we must be engaged in good deeds. We must be engaged in good deeds of generosity, in good deeds of um, whatever. We need to be engaged in this. But there's a, there's a trick there in engaged in being good, in good deeds. Before I go to the trick, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good deeds, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are called to walk in good deeds so that God gets the glory. And the third observation that I find there is that some people can do the good deeds and not glorify God with them. It's possible to do good deeds and not glorify God with them. Ask me how. Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> there are people, for example, we've got a lot of people out there in the world, anthropologists out there in the world that love the humankind, that do good things to the humankind. They're not believers. And they do all these great things. It's not bad that they do that. But it's not pleasing to God because it's not done on the account of Jesus. So he's saying to us as the church, we need to walk in these ways. But when we walk in these ways, our attitude matters. In that, who are we doing these good deeds for? There are some people that you've met, especially those who do um, revive Fort Wayne. You ask somebody, so how do you know that, let's say, you ask them a question, when you get to the gates of heaven and St. Peter is standing there at the door, which I don't know who told them that St. Peter is going to stand at the door, but St. Peter is there, and he says, hey, so Stacy, now that you're here, tell me why should I let you in my heaven? We've heard a lot of people say, oh, because I did good deeds. No, no, no. The Bible never says anywhere that our good deeds are, are, the, are the ones that lead us to heaven our relationship with Jesus. 
But in our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Jesus is faith that is paired with good works. If your faith is not supported by works, then your faith is dead. If my faith is not supported by works, then it's dead. So we need to realize those three things. First one, that God calls us that we should behave in a way that he gets glory. Second one, in order for him to get glory, we must be engaged in good deeds. And third one is that the good deeds have got nothing to do. If they've got nothing to do with Jesus, they're not pleasing to him. The spirit of, in which these flow out make the difference. It must be pleasing to Jesus. The last scripture we're going to read. I'm going to take that whole scripture again, Matthew 5, 13 to 16, the whole, the whole salt and light, and I'll read it again, but I want to read it in the message. Uh, one of the guys is reading it for me in the message, and I want you to listen to this. Listen to this very carefully, then I'm going to ask a few questions and we're going to close. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. Here's, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be open up to others. You'll prompt people to, up, to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. He says, keep open house. Our lives should be an open house. Opening it up to God. And when people see that openness, they are prompted to open their lives to Jesus. There's a song that we used to sing when I was a kid directly translated. It says, as I walk around, I'm a, I'm a written letter. I'm an open letter. As I walk around, people are reading this letter. It could be written in good things, could be written bad things, but as I walk around, I am a written letter. As you walk around, you're a poster for Jesus or you're a poster for the devil. One of the two. As we walk around, we are posters for something. What is it that is posted in our walk? What is it? The price has been paid. Jesus died and rose again. We need to come out of hiding. Believers, let's come out of hiding. Come out of hiding from the church. We're hiding in the church. We're hiding in a small group. Come out of that. I'm not saying come out of the church. I'm not saying come out of the small group. But come out and show the light of Jesus. Your light is not only to, be sh- to, be, to shine in church. It's not only to shine in small group. Those things are good because they help your light to shine. But it should shine to the world. Come out of hiding. Come out from under the bush. Jesus has died. And he has risen again. The, pi- the prize has been paid. We are alive in him. We are to show this life in him. We are to display his goodness. How is the world going to taste God's seasoning if we are not the salt of the world? How is the world going to taste or see the God colors if we are not the light of the world? We can never see a color of something when it's in the dark. 
You can see the color of something when it's in the light. Let's come out. Let's come out of the darkness. Let's show the light. Shine the light. Shine, Jesus, shine. That's what we are called. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Don't make it too little. Make it big. This big light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> this big light of my life, I'm going to let it shine. And that's what we need to do. A few questions to close with that I want you to ponder on today and this week. Am I helping the world? Am I helping to preserve the world from decay? Are you helping to preserve the world from decay? Are you the salt that's helping to preserve from decay? Or are you contributing to that decay? Number two, does my life does my life attract people's attention to the gospel? Does my life attract people's attention to the gospel? Good attention, not bad attention. Does my life help others to see what God is all about? Does it help others see what God, if they're in touch with you, do they know what God is like by being in touch with you and me? And then the last one, do people experience Jesus by experiencing us? Somebody who has had an experience with you, can they say that I saw Jesus in him or in her? I saw Jesus. Can they say that about us? We are the reflectors of Jesus. Can they say, can your neighbor say, can your family say, I have seen Jesus. He says that he starts with a lamp in a house, which means your immediate family. Your family should be able to see Jesus in you. As a husband, as a wife, as a child, as a sister, as a brother, your family needs to see Jesus in you. It starts at home. It starts with a lamp, which you use at home. Then it goes on to the city, which is the people outside. Can people see Jesus in us? Let us pray. We would like to reflect you, Jesus. Our hearts cry today is help us, Lord, to reflect you well. Help us to wear Jesus well. Help us, Lord, to be a true representative of who you are to the world out there. Forgive us where we have not represented you well. Forgive us where we've contributed to the darkness than the light. Forgive us where we've tarnished your image to the world. Forgive us for those people that we have turned away from Christ because of our behavior. Help us to be the light. Starting from now on, help us, Lord, to reflect your glory to reflect who you are. In Jesus' name.